So as most of you know, a lot of how we share here in ILM, when Jim and I have the classes like this today, is really not one of giving information, although we obviously give a lot of information here, but really, first and foremost, it's an action of where we can really move into that experience of living the loving. And that's why we even begin with the meditation, because we know once we open that inner door, well then, that river will begin to flow and bring us along the course of life itself, both inwardly and outwardly. I know we use the words inward and outward a lot here. That's just trying to acknowledge the duality of this world. In truth, it is just one movement of loving. There is no inner and outer. It is just a movement of loving, of spirit. And what we're doing here is learning how to let go of the polarity where we've been caught up and that has caught our attention and that we've gotten attached to. And in that letting go, it brings us or allows us to come back to that centered place of where neutrality resides. Often referred to as the middle way or the straight and the narrow. And isn't it funny when we bring in the left and right hands together of polarity? Isn't that funny? But that's also used as a prayerful position for the body. Because this is all about the two becoming one. Just as we want the soul that is experiencing separation from God here, where it's us and God, the two, well, this action of meditation is about unifying to bring the soul back home into God, back into that oneness, so the two become one. So just in this world, as we have polarity of left and right, and we join together to come into that oneness and unification, so we're doing in this action of meditation, or this pathway we call sound and light, that we share about here in Inner Light Ministries. It is all about the divine union even the light and the sound, the two actions of the Holy Spirit that we speak of here, it is through those two actions that bring us into the oneness. Everything in this world truly is a reflection. In a sense, it's symbolic, our experience here. And so as we move through that reflection and polarity, we're learning here about our separation from God but more so maybe even learning how to move back into union. And it often is through this action of prayer and meditation. So today I'm going to talk more about prayer and meditation. As you know, we used to call it prayer and meditation. As Jim used to share in his childhood, it was a prayerful state. And later as on in his life, as he learned it was this action of meditation. And so we'd often use the word prayer and meditation as really the same meaning. And now today we mostly talk about meditation. But it's important to understand the technique that we share of here, of focusing here at the seat of the soul. And holding and chanting or singing or, or repeating that sacred name, the name of God, is the prayer itself. Just as we have the Lord's prayers Jesus shared, well, that was to create a focus, an intention, a purpose. And that was one we could use in prayers taught more to the public, I will say. 
whereas the action of the sacred name or the unspoken name of the true inner action going into the divine, that's the greater action of prayer is taking us into that place of meditation or going within. And so we may begin out here, even if we put our hands together in a prayerful state, symbolically bringing together the two to become one, unifying, even the word yoga is union. In the East, this pathway of sun and light is known as Surashabd Yoga, the path to sun and light. And also it's one of the soul becoming one once again with God. So it's an action of unification. And also I like to say this action of prayer and meditation is one of communion. And here you often hear me talk about communion in action. And a lot of times we talk about it as communication in the world. That even as we learn how to communicate here, not only in our words, but even in our actions, that if we can begin to utilize even our communications as a tool, a prayerful action, if you will, that that can even serve us into unifying that which is separate inside of us. All of our thoughts and feelings, all the different actions and reactions we have, those are all expressions of the oneness. But what we've done is gotten distracted from the oneness and have gone out into all the many expressions of it. And so we've, in a sense, scattered ourselves. Just as we have the starry sky, what if every star in that sky is symbolic of your soul coming from the oneness and scattering itself about the universe? What if that's what we're doing and what's taking place? That each star is a spark of our own divine essence that we've placed into this physical creation. At each thought, each belief system we have is a spark in each one of those. That each feeling, emotion we have, there's a divine spark, a star in there that we've given life to each thought and each emotion. In each fantasy or imagination, all the daydreams, all the visualizing, the things we want or don't want, what if within each of those there's a spark, a star, that is the essence of who we are that we have placed into? And even this body itself, what if we are that star or spark that has been placed here in the body to give it life? So here's the divine spark right here in this physical creation in the body itself. And what happens when the divine spark leaves the body? Well, we go to sleep or we go out of body and have conscious experience there. And one day there will be the day that divine spark doesn't return to the body. And that's what we call death. So there's something there, those divine sparks or stars that we place not only in this body, but in even in all of our thoughts and feelings and fantasies that give them life, that give them expression. We're the ones who give life to all that we experience here. 
But do we know that? Do we understand that? Is that what they mean by cause and effect? What is all of that? Well, in here, we don't attempt to answer that. We're not here to answer things, even though we give answers to questions. It's not trying to answer through information that the mind is always seeking. But what we're attempting to do here is to really share, to give expression to that essence of loving, those divine sparks and movement. That's the key here, is that movement and why we speak of the river of loving more than we do about just giving information. But when we do share information here, it's in an attempt to give understanding so that each person within themselves can begin to become more aware of that divine essence or divine spark inside of themselves, not only here and in the body, but as I say, through the imagination, through the emotions, through the mind. That's why when we give the practical tools in here, such as the LAF and paying attention to your thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions and taking responsibility for that, because in doing so, you're going to become more aware and awake to see that truth of you've expressed yourself into this world of duality. And as you begin to wake up and see that, well, guess what? When you begin to have awareness is when you can begin now to claim back that which you've given away to give expression to this creation. I like to say to illuminate the animation. Yep, we're all an animated movie right here. You don't like animations? Well, you are one. <laughs> As so it appears here. But we want to go back to that expression or that light, just as in a movie that gives movement to film up on a screen. And so we are that light that is giving expression or animation onto the screen, or as what did Shakespeare say? Under the stage of life. But here I'm just modernizing it. You know, we're into movies now probably more than live theater. So we project it. We give it expression upon the screen we call the world. And we learn through that. And eventually we begin to see, oh my God, it is just an illusion. It's just a projection. It's not real. But boy, when we're caught up in it, it sure seems real. Haven't you been to a movie where it's so good, you get totally wrapped up in it, and you go through all these feelings and thoughts just as if it were real? You get hooked into it, you cry, you laugh. That's a good movie, right? The ones that we get really absorbed in. Well, guess what we're doing here in this body, in mind, emotions, and imagination? We simply have gotten absorbed in this movie, that which we call our life and the human experience. We've just gotten absorbed into it and began to believe it to be real, not realizing that it's just a good movie or a bad movie, depending on how you choose to judge it or perceive it. 
But don't your judgments and perceptions change over time? Whether you meditate or not, just living life itself, as you have new experience and more experience, you start to have different perceptions because in those different experiences, it can often bring about a different way of seeing life because it was different than what you've been used to. And so those experiences themselves are important and not to avoid or deny. I like to share in here, we really encourage people to participate. Participate in life. Especially that inner life. Because the more you participate with the divine within you is the way by which you can begin to wake up to that greater reality rather than the animation and the movie we're living here. It's an action of returning, or I like to say stepping back into the truth spiritually. You know, it looks like often we step away. Well, yeah, inwardly in meditation, we begin to find ourselves at times what some people call an altered state of consciousness or a transcendent state of consciousness, whereas they go deeper into meditation, they begin to find their experience not only becoming altered, but just as real as it seems here physically, but now in other levels of consciousness inwardly into these other realms that we often talk about and we have our chart over here when we talk about the physical realm and the astral realm and the causal realm and the mental realm and the etheric realm and the soul realm and the spiritual kingdom. These are all levels of consciousness. The stepping stones, the stairway to heaven, the ladder, climbing the inner mountain. So in a sense, we're stepping back or going deeper within, but it's also a journey of the soul now beginning to move away from the illusion and back into the reality of the divine. Again, these are just words. But if you can begin to use those words to help you in shifting your perception to get a different perspective, then the words can serve you well. Otherwise, the words can get in your way. Not based on what I say, but based on what each of us does with what anybody says, including ourselves. Most important, what do you say to yourself? What do you tell yourself? What do you believe? And do you really want to be a believer, realizing your belief systems can change just as much as your thoughts can change? So are belief system and thoughts true? Or are they temporary clouds just passing in our consciousness, but because it's right in front of us and that's what we see, we think that is true? And so we live accordingly to that? Because now there's a cloud, and so we're going to live according to that cloud of consciousness or belief? Kidding ourselves that there's not a sun beyond those clouds? Or are we going to realize those are just passing clouds and that there's always a sun beyond it all? 
that is always present regardless of what clouds come and go. Isn't that what our thoughts and feelings do? And even our physical experiences and our fantasies as we go through life? Don't they come and go? Well, just as the sun in the sky is always there and the clouds come and go, so is the sun, the light of the soul. It is always there, regardless of the thoughts and the feelings, the fantasies or physical experiences that come and go. So where do we want to focus and ultimately make our reality? On the passing temporary experiences? Or on the one true and permanent that is always there? And isn't it funny even the sun always burns off the clouds. So in other words, it's always the light. Every day, the darkness yields to the light. Oh, I like it when I get a little poetic. The darkness yields to the light. Just as in this world that that's true, it is inside of us as well. It's just a matter of we choose to move towards that. Notice I didn't say believe. I said choose to move towards that. I don't care if you think it's a belief or an idea or an intention or a purpose or a goal. Don't care. Because eventually each and every one of us will realize the truth of what I'm sharing now. That's why Jim and I never ask anybody to believe anything we're saying. We don't want belief systems. We're not trying to get anybody to believe anything. We're not trying to convince or persuade anybody of anything. All we do here is share that inner knowing of the truth as we ourselves have experienced. Because we know in sharing that knowing that those that are listening, when you're ready and you want to, it's always freedom of choice. When you're ready and you want to, you're going to begin to look at life itself. And how can you look at life itself other than just from within you, whether you're looking outside or looking into yourself, you are the one who is doing the looking. And eventually you'll discover for yourself what that knowing and truth is. And I bet you there'll be the day you'll say, if not the same words, very similar words to what you hear us share here. Because that truth is always one and the same for everybody. The clouds may be different for each person, but that sun in the sky is always the same. The clouds cover the earth so everybody sees whatever the clouds, wherever they are on the earth, but yet they all see the same sun. Maybe sometimes it helps to have these physical examples to refer to. As you say, this world really is a reflection of spiritual realms. It's got to come from somewhere, right? Did it just manifest out of thin air? Yeah, pretty much. But how did it do that? Where did it come from to be here? 
right now. Well, let's science try to figure that one out. It's a fun game. It never ends as it's gone on for long periods of time. But what do you want to do? Well, why not even make this pathway of spiritual awakening a little scientific? Why not begin to approach it as a science project? We're in a big laboratory. You got the whole planet to experiment on. So why not look at this as a laboratory in an experiment? I'm not kidding. Begin to pursue it as a science project. Because what happens in any project but you give it attention and focus? You have a purpose of seeking, of discovering, of asking, of opening, to learn, to know. And that's what it takes. We have to be active and focused to really begin to have that greater experience. Just like in life, this is how practical and scientific the journey of spirit is. Just as in this world, we go to school to learn. And as we learn, what do we have to do but focus? We have to have an intention or a purpose or a goal to focus on and move towards. And as we what? Take in the information and begin to apply it called homework. And in the homework, what do we do? In those actions, we're beginning to learn. And what happens in learning? We begin to know for ourselves not only the answer, but how it is done in seeking out the answer. Here's an equation. We've got to work out the process to come up with the answer. Life itself. Same thing. We've got to eat food, it digests, and then come, out comes the answer. Yep, there's my crude humor. And a lot of people say life is shit. So there you go. What do you do? Flush. And that's what I know a lot of people look at. As a spiritual journey, when they focus on getting rid of their karma, clearing my karma, letting go, learning my lessons, completing, finishing things up. Yeah, there's a truth there. But understand there's a process of arriving to that truth or that answer to come to completion. It's not about getting the answer. It is about moving through the process with focus and intention, arriving at the answer. And what an answer is, it's a completion. There's a knowing. The lesson is fulfilled. It's understood now. We learned. We know. And then we can let go and move on to what's next. So just as we have the practicality in this world and the simplicity of how that works, guess what? So it is from that spiritual perspective as we walk through life. A lot of us just don't approach it that way. We wonder, where did I come from? Where am I going? Why am I here? What's this all about? And so we even begin to look at life as some big problem to be solved. Or some answer. There must be an answer. 
There's got to be hidden meaning to life. What's the meaning of life? Look at all the books, the movies, the discussions, the religions, the philosophies, the theologies. All about that. Is it about discovering the meaning of life? Or is it about experiencing life? What if it's one and the same? Why does it have to be either or? As this world is always a polarity, black and white, either or, right and left, yes or no. What if it's all of it? What if we've got to be wrong to be right? And what if we've got to be right to be wrong? Everybody talks about righting their wrongs, right? How about wronging your rights? Well, don't people get righteous at times? And then the righteousness now becomes the barrier and it creates separation and disturbance and wars and arguments. Isn't that what goes on? Am I just making this shit up? Or is this what goes on? See, am I talking, making this up, or is this what life goes on if you've paid enough attention to see what really happens in you and in this world? Have you paid attention? Do you know what I'm talking about? Or are you going, what the heck is he talking about? If you pay enough attention, you're going to see how it works here. And after a while, you'll start to see the game and realize the game is a trap. All we did was get caught up in it, believing it to be real. Oh, there's that belief system again. Oh, real? You're just talking about illusion. Yeah, it's a real illusion. And what a game it is. So how do we get free of the game? How do we move beyond the illusion and then to the reality that we call spirit. Oh, that's what we're trying to figure out here. That is a joke. We're not figuring out anything here. That's what we're waking up to here, and the figuring it out is what gets in the way. And what happens the more we try to figure things out, but we drive ourselves crazy, and then we think we finally have it, and we hang on to that belief system again there because we have it. We know that's it. That's right. I've got the answer now. And then something happens in life or somebody says something and it totally annihilates what you thought was true. And now you begin to feel like your world is falling apart. Just because somebody said something. Wow. It must be pretty powerful. Or are you that powerful because of all the energy you've put into the belief systems that you thought were real? And you knew in your heart it was real. But yet, all of a sudden, at some point, it gets destroyed. That's when it feels like our world is falling apart and life is crumbling away. We all go through it. But just know, 
or at least maybe believe what I'm saying or say, okay, I don't believe you, but I'll, I'll look at it and consider it. And let me look at my own life experience and see if I find it to be true for me. The next time your world falls apart, pay attention. Is it really falling apart? Or are just your concepts, belief systems, feelings, and fantasies falling apart? No, my life's really falling apart. I've got two words for you. Bullshit. As they say in Texas. I'd like to have a little bit of fun. I apologize to the parents if you've got kids here. Not really. I'm not sorry for what I say. They're going to hear it anyway, right? I learned at five years old all the words. In kindergarten. Oh, they were fun to say, too. Especially right at my parents, and they'd get all mad at me. Hi, Mom and Dad. I know you're watching right now, so I hope you're enter being entertained by my sharing. Why do people get upset? It's just a word. What's wrong with a word? It's a bad word. Why? Who said it was bad? Who made it bad? Did you? I know some of you in here, that's nothing what I just said. I'm not going to even say anything. I've heard some people in this group, the way they talk. I'm not going to use the F word. Well, we use that word here a lot. It's called forgiveness. Forgiveness. Because that's what we want to do with all those judgments of making anything bad, or even good for that matter. Because what if, going back to the righting the wrongs and wronging the rights, what if the good words we think are right, so automatically we judge the bad words as wrong? And just because we believe that and the power we have given to those belief systems, not knowing we have given away our power and our life force to an illusion that creates the state of separation that we believe the clouds to be real and don't know our oneness with that sun beyond the clouds. Well, guess what? You just screwed yourself. Time for forgiveness. Forgiveness is all about letting go of those belief systems so the clouds can part or dissolve and to wake up to see the reality of that light. It's really as simple as that. But boy, when those belief systems are so strong because we fed them with so much energy, so much righteousness, we've given them a lot of power. And unfortunately, that power we have given these thoughts and feelings now has a power over us rather than us now having the power. But we've given our power away. And now we're the victims to it. When we feel like we have no control or power, others can control us. I don't care if it's your partner or the government or Lucifer, whatever your belief systems, it's all the same. We've just given our power away, and now we feel controlled because we believed it to be so. But is that true? Or is that the illusion? And maybe there's a way we can begin to find our way through the illusion to part the clouds 
to dissolve those things that block our awareness? Well, guess what meditation is about? As well as forgiveness and acceptance and loving, our LAF acronym. It's all about that. That prayerful state. That action of meditation is a way to not only seek out that light, but in so seeking the light, it draws that light. There's a warmth, a heat, just as it dissolves the clouds. And so there's a warmth and an energy we call loving. That is that divine spirit that parts the clouds and the consciousness of the belief systems from which we've given our power to. And in so doing, that power is returned and restored to the creator who has given it away. And it is that restoration and that return that now and so bringing it back to ourselves by forgiving and letting go of our illusions or belief systems and feelings that were not true to begin with, as we bring that power back, all those dissolve and the sky is clear. Don't we always feel so good? Those moments or days when everything is so clear and we feel so light. We have a greater peace. There's a neutrality, there's a loving, there's a freedom. Our lightness of being. Because we have simply let go, even unconsciously, when we do the meditation and the inner work, as we like to say, or the homework, that through those actions, that power is returned to us. That when it happens and it restores our soul. That we experience those qualities that we call divine. And then there's a greater knowing, not a belief, a knowing. Once we've, once we've moved through those illusions and belief systems. But now there's a knowing because now we're looking straight at the sun and seeing the light directly. Not through the clouds, but directly. That's what this is. When we can see that, know that direct connection with our own inner light, there's that clarity and peace and that loving and neutrality we experience. I don't want to say just feel. This transcends feeling. Feeling is a reflection of experience. But that experience in spirit will reflect through the consciousness of seeing, hearing, knowing, feeling, even tasting and smelling. The nose smells are much more pleasant than a lot of the others we maybe mentioned a little earlier. That's what shows up. But it's an inner clarity, an inner knowing. The funny thing is, I know everybody's had those moments in life. Even if you don't know what happened, what brought it about, but you're just in it. Isn't it interesting how on those moments or days, how you perceive and experience life when you're in that state of clarity? 
as compared to those moments when it's cloudy out or cloudy in. Just even the way you feel. I feel under the weather. Well, get over it then. Isn't it funny how we even have these phrases just day to day? You ever think about all those? Maybe it's time to start paying attention. Once again, not only what we say to others, but what we say to ourselves. Because what we say is going to reflect what we're living. Are we living those illusions, beliefs, feelings, fantasies? Or are we choosing to live more of that direct knowing by seeing that light and hearing that sound and experiencing that loving and peace? We always share in here, this is a journey of experience. As I said, we don't want you to believe anything we're saying because the words are just words. All we want is the words to give you an idea, a direction to focus so that you can move into your own experience to wake up and know the truth for yourself. This is a pathway of personal experience and direct experience with the divine. We simply are sharing that way and how anyone can begin to wake up and move into that experience directly for themselves. That's what we're doing here. There's where the magic is. The magic's not in the words. I don't care. I hear people say, well, Jim or Brian said. Don't matter what we say. What matters is what is your experience and what you know as experience of truth or spirit. Well, yeah, your experience, too, of the illusion. Well, that's where your learning is. Just don't parade around the illusion as the truth. But that's what we're all doing. But we're all learning and growing. And unfortunately, a lot of the times when we start waking up, then we feel guilty and ashamed and embarrassed. We believe something and we told everybody that. And now we're like, I can't tell them now that I've changed because now they believe because everything I told them, now I feel like an idiot. I don't want to feel like an idiot. I'm ashamed. Well, would you rather live in your shame or would you rather live in your freedom? It's a personal choice. Yeah, sure. You may go through some embarrassment and shame, but if you're willing to confess your sins or tell the truth or admit when you're right, I mean wrong, everybody likes to admit when they're right. Righteousness. But admitting when you're wrong, wrongsciousness. Most people are scared to do that. Why let fear rule your life? Well, just like I said earlier, we give our power away. It cannot be taken from us other than what we allow or give. And in that, we can give it back to ourselves, reclaim it, restore it. That's what the meditation is automatically doing 
as we focus on that inner light and chant or sing or say that sacred name, it brings us into that alignment with that loving. And through that action of loving, the loving restores all those divine sparks of our own soul and light and consciousness that we have placed in all these thoughts, feelings, fantasies, and physical experience. That's what we're doing here. We're taking all those divine sparks we scattered throughout the universe and reclaiming them and bringing them all back into one sun. Not all the rays of light that come out of the sun, all those rays of light that come out of the sun is just like what the soul has done in putting all these divine sparks in creation. So now we're bringing all that home back into that one sun. Oh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Yes, that sun. But not the sun as in Jesus, but the sun as in the soul that each and every one of us is. So how about if we say God, the soul, and the spirit? We'll call it holy. How about sacred? That's the action of unification, of union. Communion in action is way beyond communication. But if you know how to live in that true communication, that action of communion, oh, it's going to unfold. You can't stop it. And that's the good news. All it requires is our participation. That's it. We don't want to do it. It's all right. We don't need to. Guess what? It's going on anyway. But maybe not to the degree when we consciously involve ourselves to experience, to know, to wake up. Because when we do it consciously, as we're now, we're doing our homework to learn the lesson. And maybe the answer is not the information, but maybe the answer is having the experience that brings the fulfillment. And in that, it completes even the journey of the soul through this creation of separation and reflection. That's a fulfillment. That's not an answer. Yeah, it is. It's all of it. It's an answer. It's a fulfillment. It's a completion. It's a unification to oneness, to freedom. And then when you graduate, you get to go to college. <laughs> a lot of people like to refer to higher education, meaning more of a spiritual nature rather than a karmic nature. Spirit, people like to talk about spiritual laws, rules, regulations, laws. Spirit doesn't have any laws the world does. The mind, laws or karma, belief systems. Spirit's just loving. There's spiritual principles or actions, but not laws. 
But you see how the mind takes even the movement of spirit and begins to twist it according to what it wants to believe? And there's the trap. I know just the sharing today, people will take a lot of the words and then start to twist them in the way they believe and think that's real, and all they've done is now put a new spin on an old belief system, and it's still a trap. Go for the experience, not the information. And if I can talk long enough today and wear your mind down and all your emotions, trying to control everything and your fantasies until you get bored enough and fall asleep, I win. But who is the I that wins? But the I am that is in you. You win. But it's a game, and I like to play. That's why we do Q&A, really, not just to give more information, because I like to play. It's a fun game. Okay, what's the game today? What is the mind going to kick up? What are the emotions going to bring forward? What's the fantasies going to say? What's the body going to do with it all? In here, you often hear me say, it's all entertainment. It really is. It's all a movie, it's all a game, it's all an illusion, it's all a stage. But one thing I've learned, the more fun I can have with it, the freer I get. I like to live by freedom and fun and laughter and loving. I think most of you know that who've been here for a while. And if you don't, well, I'm trying to be nice right now. I was going to make some... Rude remark, right? As Jim likes to say sometimes, that's your problem, not mine. It's funny to hear him say that because he never says that to anybody. It's only a problem if we make it one. But I know when I can find laughter, there's going to be loving, and the loving will always lead to freedom and fun. And I know that's what we're all looking for. Because guess what? That's the nature of the soul. The soul is joyful. It is loving. It is creative. It is fun. Jesus isn't the only teacher who said to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must become like little children. What are children? But innocent, fun, playful, curious, it's a natural learning. It's natural as in it's inherent within us. All we have done is smashed it down and smothered it. It's called suppression. So all we're doing is pulling that back up, releasing ourselves from what we've done to ourselves. Let go and let God. Wow, all I had to say was let go and let God. And how long have I been talking now? But all of us wonder, okay, yeah, that sounds great, but how do you do it? Help me to understand. I want to know. I know. 
You want to know, and I know that you know, that I know, that you want to know what I know. You know? Start playing with it all. It'll help you to start freeing up from your own traps of the mind, emotions, imagination, and body. At the very least, it'll get the energy moving and get you unstuck from where you feel stagnant or caught up and trapped. That's why I shared earlier. You've got to be willing to experiment. Look at this as in a science project. And if you're willing to try different projects, well, that's why we lay out. People call them spiritual teachings or spiritual principles. As you know, I just said we're not into spiritual laws because there's not any. It's all movement of loving. Well, if you're willing to take some of these sharings, experiment with them, see what happens, you'll start to discover for yourself. And that's all that we offer here. That's what we offer we don't demand, we don't try to extract, we offer. And it's up to everyone to receive if that's what they want or not. Do you get it? Freedom. It's the freedom. It's got to be given in freedom and received in freedom in order to create freedom. If it's given or received any other way, it does not create freedom. So here we're giving freely. Can you receive freely? Or do you feel like you have to now give, some, give back, and if you don't, well, then you're embarrassed and ashamed? So if you do that, I would say, focus on giving your loving and see if that helps to move any shame or embarrassment. That's what it's about. Don't we all want loving? And doesn't it, don't we all want to give loving as well as receive it? We all do. Why do you think when people are alone, they're always seeking out companionship? And then when you're in companionship, why are you always seeking aloneness? Well, I just want to share the loving. I don't want all that other stuff. The fertilizer to make the pretty flowers. The blossoming of life experience in the consciousness. It's pretty flowers. But it takes a lot of fertilizer and watering called tears. And what? Sunshine. Without the sunshine, without that light that is life itself, nothing grows. Doesn't matter how much you fertilize and water it, nothing grows. Keep that in your awareness and attention. Let your life be one not only of seeking the truth, but awakening and experiencing it. And then living it. Once you really discover it, live it. Don't hold it out here as a belief system now or a philosophy or a new religion or theology, but live it. Live it. It's what we want, is to live the loving. But there is the process of moving into that and awakening 
the knowing, the understanding that'll come as you do it. It is not one that can be figured out by the mind. It can only be done or experienced through the doing. That's it. And that's probably one of the biggest challenges for most everybody in walking the spiritual journey. Maybe we shouldn't use the word walking anymore. We'll start flying. Flying in our spiritual journey. Well, the soul can fly. And that's what happens when the soul starts getting free of the attachments and the weights of the world. It gets free. And then it can begin to fly. That's why we talk about the realm, realms and soul transcendence, where the soul gets free and can now begin to transcend or fly to rise up into higher consciousness or frequency or vibration or essence, whatever you want to call it. The soul's freedom is through the action of fulfillment, through this process of experimentation or learning. I'm trying to give many different examples because they're all the same, but maybe we see or hear it differently. But it's all about the soul getting free and fulfilling through its experience to now be able to fly and truly rise up. And this is a part that sometimes sounds religious, and we're not trying to be religious or churchy, but this is the part where the soul flies up truly into the kingdom of heaven. That's what we call the spiritual realms and the beingness of God itself directly, that we know, experience, and live directly in that ocean of loving we call the beingness of God. And it is through that movement of God's loving, known as the Holy Spirit, or we like to call the river of loving, that is that avenue or pathway that we share of here that is the way by which the soul transcends all these realms in the physical creation in order to go home or to return back into that spiritual kingdom. God created the soul as who we are. And God created us in loving to love us and also to be loved. That's why they call it the beloved. God is our beloved. And so it is an action of loving God and receiving God's love for us. It is through both the giving and the receiving that the fulfillment takes place. So there's the Father and the Son, or the soul, and the Holy Spirit is that movement of loving from the Father to the child, the soul. And it is through that action that the Trinity comes back into a oneness. It's really just a oneness, but in the movement of that oneness, there's that simple Trinity action. It's important to understand that because that's the experience. But again, look at it as a science project, not a religious theology. We want this to become a living reality. Or at least I do. I hope you do too. So let your life become a living reality of the truth of that movement of loving. And let that Trinity action be fulfilled and restored back into the oneness 
where truly the day comes where you merge into the fullness of God and where your soul will declare, I am one. I am one. Soul and God are one. And we're on a journey. We're on a journey back into that oneness.